Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Is on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is hour number three of the Greg Peterson experience, and now it is midnight Pacific time, which means that all the continental 48 states, it is a football Sunday for all of us. So we're going to be going hard and heavy on these game previews for this upcoming Sunday. Give you guys some picks, give you guys some analysis, have some fun with it. First things first, it is still Saturday out there in Hawaii, and there's still football being played. So your college football Saturday has leaked into Sunday, no matter where you are in the continental 48 states, and New Mexico State wound up just punching it in for a touchdown. Got about seven minutes and change left in this one. It is the Rainbow Warriors currently in the lead by a count of 41-34, to 34, but they wound up closing as 19-point favorites. They got up in this game by a count of 24-3, to 3, and all of a sudden, New Mexico State has been able to claw their way back in it. Jonah Johnson, the the quarterback, has already run for a pair of touchdowns at Juwan Price. 16 carries for a buck 56 with two touchdowns for Mr. Jonah Johnson. He also has two touchdowns through the air. The problem is both of those were pick sixes, which means that those touchdowns were actually for the Rainbow Warriors. So he had a little bit of that going on. And for Dedrick Parson, he has been able to run for 133 yards, pair of touchdowns for Hawaii. So we'll keep you guys up to date on that sense. I'm sure that there are quite a few of you guys that are listening to this, that you've got a little bit of action there. And if you're listening slash watching this, you're probably going to be having a lot of action on the NFL on this Sunday. It's going to be a glorious NFL Sunday. We do have a couple teams on by, so we're going to have a couple fewer teams in action than we normally do. But how about if we start out there in Green Bay, Wisconsin, a place in which I wound up growing up about 45 minutes away from you got the Packers. They're going to be playing out to the Washington foosball team. I always have to try to make sure to not say the mascot and instead say the football team, but I take a look at the Packers in this spot. You're getting them as an 8.5 point favorite with a total of 47.5. What I actually really like here is the under. I do think that Washington is eventually going to figure it out on defense. This defense was very rock solid when they were able to make the postseason and they were able to win the division last year. Thus far this year, they have played four out of their six games to the over, but the Packers' defense has actually been very solid, giving up 22 points or fewer, and now four out of their last five games. You take a look at Washington, and well, they've given up at least 29 points at each of their last five games with the low mark of 29 being to a New York Giants team that, let's put it to you as frank as I can, the offense is not good. I mean, that's about as politely as I can say it, but you do take a look at Washington, and you still have those guys in the front seven that are very nasty. They're able to get after the quarterback in Montez Sweat and company. So you still got guys like Chase Young that I think that they're going to be able to do a relatively solid job there. Even a guy in Jonathan Allen who winds up getting a little bit lost in the shuffle now. William Jackson third is going to be dealing with a little bit of an injury in the secondary for Washington. So I do think that you could wind up seeing still, even though I do like the under, a very big game for Devontae Adams. And what I really question with the Green Bay Packers is who's going to be able to step up aside Adams because you've got Marquez Valdez-Scantling who's currently on injured reserve. So that means that 
guys like Lazard, Robert Tunyon, they're going to need to catch a couple balls for you. And with Aaron Jones, he's been doing an absolutely amazing job out of the backfield as well. And I do think that the Packers should be able to win this game outright. But I do have some question marks as to whether or not I'd be able to lay 8.5 in this spot. Because once you get north of the hook on 7, then you really need this team to be unequivocally better. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of a fight in Washington. Now, Taylor Heineke certainly was thrusted into the starting spot in a little bit of a tumultuous situation, and he's been better at not turning the ball over in recent weeks. He had one interception in the game against the Kansas City Chiefs, but you take a look at it, he's got to combine three interceptions in the team's last three games and actually did lead them to a win over Atlanta. Now, it's an Atlanta team that I'm not necessarily bullish on, but We've got a couple of weapons that he's able to look to. J.D. McKissick, I feel like, is one of the more underrated players when it comes to just being a weapon in general on offense in all of football. But you also do have some question marks when it comes to the offensive line as well, which is why I really do like this under. As you've got Sheriff, who's still out due to an injury, your right guard, so that no question winds up hurting them. So now you're going to have some of the backup linemen wind up coming in for Washington football team. So I take a look at this spot, and I do think that you're going to see points be at a little bit of a premium. And we talk all about Aaron Rodgers, and he has been absolutely amazing. He is uh, apparently, according to Wikipedia, and Wikipedia had this, the owner of the Chicago Bears. It certainly has been a little bit of a slog for the Green Bay Packers to step up and score points. And what I think is really just surprising about this in general is that it's been without Jair Alexander. Jair Alexander has been dealing with an injury. Now, I do think that it's actually been a little bit of an addition by subtraction, not having Kevin King. I'm someone that I am friends with a lot of people that are Green Bay Packers fans. We all like insert your jokes here about Kevin King. My nickname for him is Hickory because he winds up getting smoked seemingly every single game by whoever he's wind up winding up guarding. But I mean, it is one of those things in which Sometimes you're able to have a little bit of that going on. I know that they've been dealing with Josh Myers, the center, being on injured reserve as well. So that has scaled back the Green Bay Packers play calling a little bit as well. If I was looking at anywhere when it comes to the side, I'd be looking to take it with Washington more than I'd be willing to lay it. But I certainly do think that you've got some good value here with the under 47.5. The misnomer on the Packers is the fact that they're just this explosive offense. And while Devonta Adams has been terrific, it certainly has been a Green Bay Packers team that they've been doing a great job on defense. I do think that Washington is going to be able to find a little bit more of a presence on defense as well. So I'm looking at the under in this spot. I do think that you've got some value there. I think that you've got a lot of value in betting against the New York Giants on a week-in and week-out basis. Now, it's been very interesting to watch this Carolina Panthers team as they wound up starting out the year 3-0. Now they wind up dropping three straight, and Sam Darnold is now going to be making a return to New York as the Giants are the home team in this spot. And you take a look at Darnold, and what I think has been really interesting about him is that he's already got five rushing touchdowns so far this year for the Carolina Panthers. He wound up having five rushing touchdowns in his three seasons while he was with New York. So he certainly has been able to do a great job of being able to move around with his feet, but he hasn't necessarily been able to do a lot in the air as he's got seven passing touchdowns and five rushing touchdowns, which... I didn't think I would ever be saying that. And the big key for Darnold is lessening the turnovers. He has thrown for six interceptions in the last three weeks. And it's not necessarily like he's going against monsters of the midway defenses either. I mean, the Minnesota Vikings, typically under Zimmer, this is a very solid defense in recent years. 
that is scaled back a little bit. The Philadelphia Eagles don't necessarily knock your socks off. And this is a Dallas Cowboys team in which they release a couple guys ever since he wound up playing them a few weeks ago. They've certainly had their ups and their downs when it comes to that defense as well. But I do take a look at Arnold, and he's been able to do a good job of being able to utilize some of his weapons. Shuba Hubbard is someone that I felt like draft, dropped a little bit further in the draft than he should have. And how about DJ turn it up more in the season that he's been able to have? I and mean, he's already got north of 40 receptions. I said that there wasn't necessarily a lot of value in the previous hour of him being the top pass catcher with regards to receiving yards for this week, but I think that he could still go out there, have himself a relatively solid game now. It's been a little bit more pedestrian in the recent two weeks, right around 120 total receiving yards against the Eagles and the Minnesota Vikings, but we have noticed that Darnold has been able to mix it around a little bit. He wanted to begin his career with the Jets, so he has a good connection with Robbie Anderson, which I do think is very beneficial. I think you just take a look at the Giants side of things, and it's yet another injury for Saquon Barkley. Shock, shock, surprise, surprise. I mean, no doubt Saquon Barkley is a talented player, but even on talent alone, I don't know if he necessarily deserved to be drafted as highly as he did. The Giants put a lot of resources there, and we're starting to figure out that Danny Dimes is certainly not the answer. Sadly, he's actually a pretty significant upgrade to someone like a Mike Lennon, who wound up getting a couple snaps when he wound up getting injured, but you just take a look at this Giants team. And it's a mash unit at this point. Saquon Barkley is out. Kenny Galladay is out. Sterling Shepard has been dealing with a little bit of an injury. There's a chance that he might wind up going, but he's listed as questionable. You've got Kadarius. Tony, who is out of the fold. He was one of the better diamond in the rough finds, not only for the New York Giants, but just overall among skill position players in recent years. And then you got Evan Ingram who's dealing with an injury. I hear that their towel boy is questionable for this game as well. He wound up getting burnt when he wound up pulling the laundry out. So, I mean, it's not been great for the Giants. And when you've got all those injuries on the offensive side of the ball, you need a little bit more when it comes to defense. And you just take a look at the secondary. Adoree Jackson is someone that I like coming out of USC, but these guys are not getting the job done whatsoever. You take a look at the Panthers, and certainly you don't necessarily have the world's greatest defense there, but this is a Carolina Panthers defense that I think is going to be able to get to Danny Dimes because with Jones, he just winds up running out of time. You wind up getting a lot of coverage sacks with him. And Andrew Thomas, the highly touted offensive lineman from a few years ago, he is currently on injured reserve as well. That's something that really does matter because when you compound all the skill position injuries to the fact that one of your better offensive linemen is also out of the fold. That's just a big, giant recipe for disaster. So I think that the Carolina Panthers are just going to be able to feast upon the New York Giants. The only reason why the Giants aren't a bigger underdog is because you're counting home field into this. I think that this is a really good buy low spot on the Carolina Panthers. As I think that just coaching in general is an advantage that the Panthers have. I really do think the world of Matt Rule, I think that he's doing a good job with this. Panthers team in general ever since he's taken over. He's been able to do some nice things. And then you've got Mr. Judge coming out and saying, oh, the fish sinks from the head now, and it all starts with me. And it's like, yeah, no doubt, buddy. The team is 1-5. in five. What do you expect? Thanks for telling us the obvious. I just have not necessarily been bullish on him, to say the least. This is an entire coaching staff of the Giants that they just seem to not necessarily be doing a great job with the team. And you just take a look at the talent management and the talent evaluators in general, the fact that they thought that picking Daniel Jones in the top 10 was a good idea. I don't know who on earth wound up coming up with that, but they probably shouldn't be receiving a paycheck right now. And when I take a look at the Panthers in general, I think that it's going to be just too many weapons for the Giants to be able to bottle up. I could see the Panthers winding up winning this game by 
a very comfortable margin in the spot. So only laying three with them, I feel like is a very good spot. I don't necessarily like to lay it too often with road teams, but certainly willing to do so in this circumstance. And it is a circumstance in which we've got all sorts of football on this Sunday. We're going to be giving you guys a little bit more from the games that are going to be in the 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern time window on the other side right here on the Greg Peterson Experience right here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Start drafting good in the neighborhood with Applebee's Fantasy Football Throwdown. Play free in a pro football contest and feast on the competition for your shot at a share of $5,000 in prices. Head to DraftKings.com slash Applebee's to get in on the action now. Applebee's eating good in the neighborhood. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details as it is a Greg Peterson experience and hopefully we can maybe go to an Applebee's after the show. Enjoy some Hasbro's apps. Maybe wind up getting some Long Islands or two. Always a beverage of choice whenever you're over there. It always feels like some of those restaurants they've just got their specialty beverages. That's always my favorite. And my favorite thing on Sunday is just being able to take a look at the NFL betting board. Obviously, I always love college basketball. It just adds up. College basketball betting guide over here at Visa. And that's going to be out within the next few weeks. We're going to be working hard on that. So, perhaps we need to get some half-price apps and then have me work on just taking a look at the betting trends of Abilene Christian for the upcoming season, which they are no longer in the Southland. They are now in the WAC. So, That'll be noted with so much more, but got to take note of this game. We've got the Atlanta Falcons and the Miami Dolphins who are going to be doing battle on the gridiron this Sunday. If you're taking a look at the Miami Dolphins, you're fighting them as sort of a flip of favorites. They wound up opening up in a lot of spots right around a two to two and a half point favorite. It was a pick em towards the beginning part of the week as well. And now you are finding the Atlanta Falcons as more like a two point favorite. And your total on this game is right in the neighborhood of about a 48. And this is a spot in which... I don't even think that you need the points here with Miami. I like them outright. I think that you've got some good value here. Now, obviously, we know all about what's been happening with the two Tagovailoa situation, the fact that he may or may not wind up getting be getting traded for Deshaun Watson. So there's been a whole lot of that swirling around. So I do think that that has had a little bit of an impact on things. But I just take a look at the Atlanta Falcons in general, and I have zero faith whatsoever in this team. You take a look at Matt Ryan. He's always been known as Matty Ice. Well, he's not as cold as Ice, ladies and gentlemen, and he's really old, and he doesn't have too many guys to be able to help him out. Now, Mike Davis and Cordero Patterson have actually been able to form themselves a relatively decent timeshare when it comes to the FX spot. Cordero Patterson has actually been one of the better breakout players if you're someone that likes to play fantasy football, but certainly not something that you want to be investing too much in. In my opinion, you've got Calvin Ridley, who does a nice job of being able to take the pressure off of Ryan. And I will say this as well. You've finally been able to get a little bit of something out of the tight end spot as well as 
Kyle Pitts wound up having a big breakout when he was in London. But I do take a look at this Dolphins team, and I do think that Tua winds up coming out with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. And you just wound up seeing the drop-off that the team wound up having when Jacoby Brissett was in the fold. Now, I will say you can't have Tua throw the ball 47 times like he wound up doing against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But you take a look at him, and you can tell that from year one to year two, he's had a little bit of a jump, especially as a little bit more of a pocket passer. I mean, this is someone that he's not able to utilize his legs as much that he was pre-hip injury, but I also take a look at Miles Gaskin as well. I think that he's going to get the rock quite a bit in this spot. I think that this is a Falcons defense that can be exposed on the ground with Gaskin. He was just really an afterthought the last few weeks. I'm just really stunned that he's gotten five carries or fewer in four of the team's last five games. I think that the Dolphins just in general need to game plan and try to run the ball a little bit more, and no question, this is a Dolphins team that they're dealing with a whole bunch of injuries as Alan Hearns, William Fuller the fifth. I mean, all these guys, they're currently on injured reserve. Devontae Parker has been banged up as well. Preston Williams is currently dealing with an injury. I wouldn't doubt it if you're able to just insert another guy and it's dealing with an injury, but this is a Falcons team that their defense, I'm not necessarily buying into it. I think that they have been looking a little bit better because they wind up playing against bad competition. They were able to get a win a few weeks ago against the New York Jets, and we all know what J-E-T-S stands for just on the season. They have been just completely deplorable on that side of the ball, and I do think that with Miami, they're going to kick it up a little bit on defense. They have been dealing with a couple of injuries of their own. Xavier Howard, no question that has been a big ailment when it comes to the secondary, but I do think that you're going to see a little bit more of a spirited effort from guys like Jason McCourty and company. This is a front seven that I don't necessarily think is that great, but you take a look at this Falcons offensive line, and I don't have really any faith whatsoever in them being able to keep Matt Ryan, who has become pretty much a statue back there upright, and I just don't know who other than Ridley is going to be able to give you too much. I recognize that Kyle Pitts looked a little bit better in that game in London, but certainly not a Falcons team that I want any part of. So I take a look at the home underdog with the Miami Dolphins. I don't just think that you're going to be able to get them to cover. I think that they should be able to win this game outright. So able to get a little bit of plus money there. And then when it comes to this total, I was mentioning it a little bit earlier with the fact that the Dolphins need to run the ball a little bit more. I think that both of these teams are going to have a very tough time scoring. I'm a little bit curious as to why this total is 48. It just seems relatively high for this spot. So I do like an under in this spot. And I do like the Miami Dolphins, not just with the plus two, but being able to win this game outright. So shop around for a money line because I know that these can typically vary a little bit from book to book as well. Here is the highest total on the board. Shock, shock, surprise, surprise. It involves the Kansas City Chiefs as it is going to be the Chiefs and they are going to be hitting the road face off against the Tennessee Titans. So we got a battle of two very good barbecues in Nashville along Kansas City and it is the Chiefs who have emerged as in some spots a four and a half point favorite. I'm seeing quite a few fours as well. They wound up opening up with three and some juice in some spots. So we have seen quite a bit of movement for the Kansas City Chiefs and you're finding this total settling in at right around a 57 and a half. Still seeing a couple straight 57s out there, but those seem to be drying up. And this is a situation which the only way you're able to take a look at an under is if you think that the defense is going to be able to give you anything whatsoever, because typically you have a situation which 
you just need things to go right for both offenses when you wind up getting a total this high. But, I mean, what about either of these defenses as you believing that they're going to be able to stop anything whatsoever? With the Chiefs, it was the first time all year when they wound up playing against Washington football team that they held a team to below 28 points. And, well, Washington, they are in a bad spot right now. They wound up having Ryan Fitzmagic wind up going down earlier in the year. And then you take a look at the Tennessee Titans, though they are a little bit more of a run-happy team because you've got Derrick King under you, I think, is just by far the best running back out there in the league. You've been able to rack up the points with them as well. Now, the big question we had with the Titans going into last week was, was their offense really an offense that was built around playing against bad competition like the Jets, like playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars? And I really feel like they answered the bell against the Buffalo Bills, so I do have a little bit more assurance there. And with the Kansas City Chiefs, this is a team that they've been dealing with an injury to Kyle Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He wound up getting placed on injured reserve about a week or so ago, so no question that winds hurting them. But you've got a guy in Patrick Mahomes that even though he does have the interception issues this year, he's already thrown for eight of them. He still is a guy that is able to make so many of these spectacular throws. You tell that the line has been a little bit more revamped now. He's still taking some of his stacks, his snaps or his sacks, but it certainly has been a better situation when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs and what they've been able to do in being able to protect him. And then with the Titans, this is a bunch of which they've been dealing with a lot of ailments when it comes to their wide receiving core, but they've been able to get a lot of those guys back. I know that Julio Jones was dealing with a little bit of an injury, but he was able to play last weekend in that Monday night football game. He made one of the better receptions that you are ever going to find. Now, Taylor Lewan is currently out of the fold for this team, so that has been hurting them a little bit up front, but you can tell that Ryan Tannehill still has some very good legs. He's been able to do a good job of being able to find all of his guys. Hopefully, A.J. Brown did not wind up beating some Chipotle this week, so that way he's able to be fully healthy, but I do take a look at this Titans team, and I think that they should be able to have another big offensive performance. I think that this is a game which both of these teams have a good chance to be able to get to 30 points, but I do feel a little bit just uneasy about the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't want to be laying this many points with them on the road. This is a Tennessee Titans team that I often feel like they get underrated just seemingly every single year. It feels like Tennessee just becomes a little bit of an afterthought, and I take a look at Derrick Henry, and I think that he could wind up going off for another 150-plus yard game. And Ryan Tannehill, when we talk about great passers in the NFL, he always gets lost in the shuffle. But ever since he wound up coming to Tennessee, he's a guy that he ranks in the top 10 when it comes to completion percentage, yards, and also touchdowns. Now, he's been a little bit more pedestrian this year, but I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he was missing a couple of his weapons. Things have been a little bit uneasy for him there, and now that he's got more of a full complement of guys that he's able to rely upon, I think that you're going to be seeing those numbers kick up a little bit. It's a bigger reason why they wound up taking that loss to the Jets, which at this point, I just throw out a little bit just because they were so shorthanded. What you wound up seeing from the Titans in that Jets game versus what you're getting out of them now, it's not necessarily the same. And when you take a look at the Titans in general, I think that they're going to be giving up their fair share of points as well. They wound up having Bud Dupree out at the beginning part of the year. I know that he's still dealing with an injury, so you've just got a pair of defenses in which I don't think that they're going to be able to hold up at all. I think that you're going to get both of these teams get to 30, and I think that there's good value here with the Titans. We've seen it with the Chiefs. They just have not been able to cover games even when they do wind up being able to win outright, so I do think that this is a good spot to be able to take the four to four and a half points, depending on where you're shopping with the Tennessee Titans, and even though it is the highest total on the board, 
typically these high totals actually do wind up going over more often than not when you wind up getting north of, I would say, about a 56. So I do think that there is some good value here with the over along with the Tennessee Titans. And we've got a jam-packed day of the NFL. We've already ran through a couple games here in the first couple parts of this hour. We're going to be taking a little bit more of a look at it next, including hitting on one of the afternoon games. That is coming up next right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VSEN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24 7 video streaming, daily best bets emails, betting splits with where the money and ticket percentages lie on every single game, plus, Full access to VEASAN.com data analysis. You get everything VEASAN has to offer for only $22 a month. So sign up now at VSIN.com slash subscribe. As we're back here in lovely Las Vegas, more specifically Circa, the tremendous hotel and also sports book out here in Las Vegas for the Greg Peterson experience. Got you for the next 30 or so minutes, but have no fear. We've got you covered with wall-to-wall coverage on what is going to be a big NFL Sunday. and. Big shout out to all the guys behind the scenes that make things work. Iman is doing some great work. How about Nick, Oliver, and then Wyatt, my producer. All of you guys do an absolutely tremendous job, and I appreciate it greatly. So a big thanks to all of you guys, and feels like a little bit of a reunion whenever I get to work with these guys. And speaking of reunions, we've got a couple of them on this NFL Sunday, and the biggest of which I feel like is the Lions and the Rams. You've got... A Rams team that is one of the more, shall we say, hefty favorites on the betting board for this Sunday. They wound up opening up right around a 13.5 point favorite. This is up to as high as a 16.5 in some spots, seeing a couple straight 16s as well, with your total right in the neighborhood of about a 50.5. This is one that wound up rising up from the total 49.5. I do agree with the line move on the total, but I do think that there's actually a little bit of value here on the Detroit Lions. I know that Jared Goff wound up coming under fire a little bit. In the past week, I know that Matt Campbell was saying that he needs a little bit more from him. And I take a look at Jared Goff, and he certainly has been far from terrible for this Lions team. Now, by no means has he necessarily been great, but he's been completing right around 67% of his passes. He has thrown a couple of interceptions. Let's face it, the weapons around him aren't necessarily great, but you do have TJ Hawkinson, who's been able to do a good job of being able to take a little bit of the edge off of him, which is nice. And when you take a look at the ground game in general, this is a Lions team in which they have been dealing with some injuries when it comes to their running back. So I do think that that has been a little bit of an issue for this team. But if you're able to get DeAndre Swift fully healthy, which it looks like he's starting to get there. He has been listed as questionable the last few weeks he's been playing, but you can tell that he's been hampered a little bit. But if you're able to get just a close to 100% Swift, I think that that's going to be the best friend of Mr. Jared Goff. And Take a look at this Lions team, even though straight up they have been 0-6, no question. Things have not necessarily been going well for them. This is a team in which, under Campbell, they have been able to show a lot of fight. You can always tell that when you wind up getting in some of these rah-rah coaches, that it really has a little bit of an impact on the team, especially in the first year. You always see it in the NBA. Whenever Tom Thibodeau winds up taking over a new team, we wind up seeing it with the New York Knicks last season, that there's always a little bit more of a pep in the step. You can tell that this is a Lions team that they don't go away easily in some of these games very nearly. 
knock off the Ravens. You wind up having that late field goal there. They were able to provide a very big comeback to be able to cover the spread in week one against the 49ers. They wind up being the unfortunate team in which the one time the Minnesota Vikings needed a game-winning field goal to go through. Of course, it goes through against the Lions, but you take a look at the flip side for the Rams, and this is a bunch of which I do think that they're going to be able to do a good job of moving the ball against a Lions team, which they just aren't necessarily great in the front seven. You've got Deshaun Hand, who's now currently on injured reserve, so that doesn't necessarily help out this team as well. Now, they've been dealing with a couple of ailments themselves. Sony Michelle been dealing with a little bit of an injury, but this has really been Henderson's team in the backfield. Matthew Stafford, you know that he's going to be out to really try to stick it to his former team as well after he wound up getting shipped off, but there's obviously not as much vitriol on his end as there is for Jared Goff because you tell that the Lions, they tried to pretty much extend the olive branch, tried to be as polite to him as possible. Meanwhile, you've got apologies coming out from Mr. Sean McVay, so I do think that if you're trying to cap motivation, which is obviously something very difficult to do, I feel like there's going to be a little bit more of that on the Lions side now. It's not one of these things where it's like, oh, the Rams are going to be completely not motivated. They're going to be sleepwalking or something like that. But I just feel like there's always like an extra 10%, as they like to say in people. I think that the Lions are probably going to be activating into a little bit more of that 10%. But I do take a look at this Rams team, and it is going to be certainly tough sliding to say the least. But I do think that both of these teams are going to be able to put up some points. I do think that Jared Goff winds up getting a little bit of a bad rap as well. I certainly don't think that he's like, by any means a top-end quarterback, but I don't think that he's as bad as a lot of people like to lead him to be. So getting this many points with the Detroit Lions, I'm going to be taking a look at that. And with this total, despite the fact that we've seen it move up by about a point or so, I do think that it is the correct move, and I do like this total over. So we're going to be taking a little bit of a look there. Also going to be taking a look at this one as this is a game which I think you're gonna not going to be getting as many points. That would be the New York J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. On the road facing off against the New England Patriots and the Patriots pretty much across the board. They're a touchdown favorite. Now, the juice is sliding around a little bit, finding some places in which you've got more of a minus 105 juice on the Patriots. And this is a total that would open up at 43.5 as went down to 42.5. And I certainly think that that is the correct move because you just take a look at this Jets team and they are not moving the ball to save their lives. Zach Wilson has been leading the league in interceptions. It has been a big, giant calamity there. You've got no sort of a ground game whatsoever. When it comes to the Jets, I know that Tevin Coleman has been dealing with various illnesses. It hasn't necessarily even been necessarily injuries. He's been dealing with a few illnesses this year. And you take a look at the Patriots, they haven't necessarily been the world's greatest team against the spread. But I think that this is a spot in which the Jets just wind up getting clobbered once again. There's just no taking this team until they wind up showing a little bit of a heartbeat on offense. I mean, you've got one guy that has more than 95 rushing yards, and that is Michael Carter is averaging right around three and a half yards per carry with Wilson, four touchdowns and nine interceptions. I mean, this is just a team in which everything that can go wrong will go wrong. If I do give a little bit of kudos to the New York Jets, it's that Salah has been able to do a little bit of a better job with the defense. This is a team that in the front seven with guys like Quinn and Williams and company, they're able to hold up a little bit, so... I take a look at it, and despite the fact that we've seen a little bit of a downward shift on the total, I do think that there's some value there. But I think that, as I always like to call him, Easy Mac. Mac Jones is going to be able to find a way to be able to move the ball on this defense. I think that this is a Patriots team that they're just unequivocally better than the Jets in pretty much every facet of it. And if you're looking at good defenses, the New England Patriots have been able to do an absolutely tremendous job on defense thus far this year. You take a look at some of the guys that they want to bring in in the offseason. They have been great now. You also take a look at the Patriots defense, and 
pretty much out of their 11 starters. I think that you've got seven of them that are either listed as on injured reserve or are questionable for this game. So you've got a lot of guys that are banged up. Jalen Mills, Dante Hightower. I think that you're able to throw in there the water boy as well. So you're dealing with a couple of ailments there, but take a look at the Patriots offense and you've got much more of a bill of health there. And this is a Jets team that even despite the fact that you've got all these injuries with the Patriots defense, I still have zero faith whatsoever in them being able to move the ball. It's just one of these situations in which even the understudies of the Patriots, just because you know that they're going to be well coached, you know that they're going to be prepared. I just put them in a little bit more high regard than anything that the New York Jets are going to be able to throw out there. So this is a spot in which I might have taken a look at the home favorite here of the Patriots. And I do like the fact that you want to be seeing a little bit of a downward move. You've got the hookup of seven now, and you're even getting a little bit of favorable juice when it comes to the seven in a lot of spots. So I think that there's some good value there. And this is a game that, despite the injuries along the Patriots defense in general, I still take a look at this total under. And I take a look at this one as well. And it's going to be really interesting because this one involves the infamous number four that Tom Brady wound up throwing up after you wound up having that failed fourth down as we head to Tampa Bay as it is the Buccaneers and they're going to be playing most of the Chicago Bears. You've got another big spread in this one. The Buccaneers in quite a few spots on look ads, what have you. They wind up opening up as more like 10-point favorites. Now you're seeing them in a lot of spots more like a 12-point favorite. You're even seeing a couple straight 13s. Now, if you're out here in Las Vegas, we are seeing a couple 11.5s still out there as well. So if you like the Buccaneers, shop around very accordingly there. And this is a total that it seems to be settling in at 47 across the board. And I do think that there's a little bit of peskiness here with the Chicago Bears. And I would be taking a look at the under because with the Buccaneers, this is a bunch that you've got to be keeping in mind the injury report. They're going to be without Rob Gronkowski. Antonio Brown has been ruled out for this game as well. So a couple of the big pieces that Tom Brady has when it comes to being able to catch a ball, they are going to be out. And I mentioned this a little bit earlier with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It just feels like with Tom Brady-led teams, they always hit their peak towards back half of the season. And in the front half of the season, typically you're going to find the Buccaneers or whatever team that Tom Brady is on at the time, they wind up having typically like one or two letdowns because we all remember the we're on to Cincinnati chat that Bill Belichick wound up having a few years ago. We were all proclaiming that the sky was falling a couple times when Tom Brady was in New England because of early season losses, was able to turn it around there. And we've seen a couple close ones recently from the Buccaneers as well. The game that they wanted to play against the Eagles and the Patriots certainly were two of them. And for the Chicago Bears, no question, I think that you're going to have a little bit of a tough time being able to have Justin Fields be able to move the ball. And on the other side, I'm going to be taking a little bit more of a look at this total as well. But I do feel like this is a couple too many points to be giving a Bears team that I do recognize they are a little bit banged up on the defensive front. Akeem X has been ruled out for this game, but you still have a Bears team that I think that they are going to be able to hold up against a Tom Brady team that is a little bit hampered by injury. So we're going to be diving into a little bit more of this Bears versus Buccaneers game on the other side. And I'm also going to give you guys a couple more plays that I'd like for this NFL Sunday on the other side on the Greg Peterson experience right here on Beeson. Beeson. Sports Bank Network. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSN.com to check out the current betting splits data. 
This new feature gives you insights on where the money and the bets are moving for every single game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match up with the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline, Over, Under, and Against the Spread Bets, Betting Splits, Another Way, VSIN is here to make you a smarter better year-round. So check out today's betting splits for every single game at VSIN.com as it is the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience, but have no fear. Here at the Vegas Ads and Information Network, the sports betting network, we've got you covered with wall-to-wall coverage on what is going to be a jam-packed NFL football Sunday. I know that Femi Obabefe, along with Mike Pritchard, they're going to have you covered on point spread Sunday, very bright and early. You're going to have the VEASAN Bet Center going on. You're going to have the... You're going to have the opening line show with Matt Humans and John Von Tobel once everything is all said and done. And then you've got the look ahead once we wind up getting everything in the books with Scott Seidenberg. So trust me, we're pulling out all the stops here over at the Vegas Ads and Information Network. And that means that we've got to get you alerted on a game that I'm sure quite a few of you guys actually wound up firing in on. It was the late game out there in Hawaii as the Rainbow Warriors, they get a win by two touchdowns, but... They needed to cover between 19 and 19 and a half if you wanted to playing it. Hawaii, 48 to 34. They get the outright win against New Mexico State. Game goes very easily over the total as this is a game which the total winds up closing anywhere between 63 and 64. Open up at 60 and a half. So line move was correct there, but Hawaii unable to cover. They were actually up by 21 points in the first half of this game. New Mexico State winds up making a nice little charge. But then from there, you wind up having Jonah Johnson wind up throwing two touchdowns for New Mexico State. Unfortunately, they were to Hawaii, so they were pick sixes. And, well, yeah, that was not necessarily so great. And speaking of not necessarily so great, the odds that the Bears are going to be able to win this game outright against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I do think that you've got some good value on this Bears team just because you do have a very stout defense. They are a little bit banged up when it comes to the front seven, but I do think that they're going to be able to do a good job of holding up at the point of attack. And I do like the fact that the Bears offense has been able to show a little bit more of a pulse ever since you wound up getting Matt Nagy out of calling the plays. You could tell that he just was not utilizing Justin Fields the way that he needed to. And what I think is going to be very key for the Bears is just trying to overcome the injury of David Montgomery. Khalil Herbert has been seeing quite a few carries for the team. I know that they've been giving the rock a little bit to Damian Williams, who has been pretty much a globetrotter. He wound up having 64 yards and a touchdown in the win against the Las Vegas Raiders. And this is a Bears team that they've been able to do a good job of being able to step up in the face of adversity. Do I think that this is a Bears team that is going to be able to get the outright win? No, and I do realize that they've been a little bit hampered when it comes to a lot of their defensive players. I know that Khalil Mack is dealing with a little bit of an ailment. Robert Quinn, it looks like, has been ruled out for this game officially. But when I take a look at what you're getting here, I think that the total of 47, just a tad bit too high because I do think that the Buccaneers, they themselves are getting a little bit better on defense. I think that you got a spot where it's just a case of a couple too many points here with the Buccaneers. I think that they get the job done outright, but I see some value here with both of the under and also the Chicago Bears. I also see a little bit of value with a guy that has been lighting up the league, and you're going to wonder who I'm talking about because you've got a pair of young quarterbacks in this one that are really shining brightly as You've got the Bengals on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. You're finding the Ravens anywhere between a six and six and a half point favorite. Obviously, whether you're getting the six or the six and a half juice is going to be moving around a little bit there, but finding a total anywhere between 45 and a half and 46. And I do take a look at this Baltimore Ravens team, and I have been thoroughly impressed 
by what Lamar Jackson has been able to do. The big knock on Jackson that we've heard the last few years is that he's great at being able to move around. He's great at being able to be a just good creator in general, but not necessarily much of a pocket passer. I feel like Lamar Jackson has been able to do a good job of being able to put some of those accusations to rest. This is someone that has been doing an amazing job of just moving the ball in a wide variety of ways. He's got 11 touchdowns between rushing and also passing, and he's just done a great job in general of being the catalyst for this offense, even though he wound up having a pair of interceptions in that game against the Chargers. The team was able to flat out dominate, and what is getting lost on a lot of people is that even though the Ravens, no question, they don't necessarily have a ton of weapons for Lamar Jackson, they still have a very stout defense, and for the Bengals, I feel like a lot of their good play on defense so far this year has been a little bit of a product of some of the competition that they wind up playing. They wind up playing against the Lions, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Steelers, Bears, and that has made them look a little bit better than what they are now. No question. I actually think that this is a relatively solid Cincinnati Bengals defense, but I do feel like this total is built in a little bit with the fact that the Bengals have been able to come out this year and look very solid up front now. You do have some guys I really do like. I feel feel like Logan Wilson doesn't necessarily get the love that he deserves at the linebacker spot. Sam Hubbard has been able to do a good job of being able to hold up as well as a little bit of a run stopper. But I take a look at this Bengals defense in general. I do think that they might get exposed by Hollywood Brown and company. What you're able to get with the Ravens, I think, is going to be solid. And then you've got the hookup of Joe Burrow to his former college teammate and Jamar Chase. And it has become amplified a little bit by Higgins. He wanted missing a couple games earlier this season. So I think that he has really made a big difference when it comes to the Bengals offense. I think that you're really going to see both of these offenses be able to emerge. Joe Mixon seems to be a tad bit more healthy than he was last week. He's been able to do a nice job of being able to take a little bit of the pressure off of Burrow, which is very important because as we know, Burrow wound up having that just absolutely devastating injury. So I take a look at this spot and I take a look at the 45 and a half. And despite the fact that it's Bengals versus Ravens, which if you just look at the history of this rivalry in general, you've seen a lot of slobber knocker, like 16, 13, 13, 10 style games. But I think that you're going to get a little bit of a higher scoring game. I do recognize that this is a bigger rivalry than a lot of people want to lead on to. But I think that in the end, you're going to see the Ravens just have a very good performance with Lamar Jackson continuing his MVP type season right now. Like I said, this is one in which I don't know whether or not Lamar Jackson winds up winning the MVP when it's all said and done, but if they had to do the voting today, I would give Lamar Jackson the MVP. He has been that good for this Ravens team. So I take a look at the Ravens. I think that you're getting good value on them up until I would say seven. If you're able to get a six or a six and a half, I like it either way. And I like this total over as well. I also like the fact that you're getting a really interesting one here as you take a look at this Philadelphia Eagles versus Las Vegas Raiders game and Raiders are finding themselves in a lot of spots as a two point favorite. If you're laying three, you're probably getting more like even juice on this one, but I take a look at the Raiders, and it certainly has been a little bit of a tumultuous time for them. As we know, they wound up canning John Gruden, or it was a little bit of a mutual parting, however you want to put it. John Gruden no longer on the sidelines for the team, but the Raiders have been able to respond very well to adversity. 
I know that a lot of people were saying that they were going to be down and out after this. They wind up going to Denver last week, and they wind up being able to pull off a nice win. I just take a look at the Seagulls team in general, and there's just no backing them for me at this point. You take a look at Jalen Ertz, and he's a guy that I do think has quite a bit of upside, but I take a look at Jalen Ertz as well, and he has to be the entire offense, and you just can't wind up having a guy like Jalen Ertz try to engineer a little bit of everything. I think that his efficiency numbers are going to be going down the toilet a little bit, and this is a guy that he's getting stacked two-plus times pretty much every single game, so that's a little bit of an issue. Meanwhile, you take a look at the Raiders, and this is a team that they've been banged up in the backfield, but they seem to be getting healthier and healthier. Josh Jacobs winds up coming back last week against the Denver Broncos. He was able to have a cut. He was able to have a touchdown. Certainly did not wind up having the world's greatest running game, but at the same time, he was able to get the ball in the end zone. And something that I didn't think I would ever say is that Henry Ruggs is actually becoming a little bit more of a consistent threat for the Las Vegas Raiders. I felt like they reached for him in the draft last season, but he's been able to emerge. He's really been able to do a good job of being able to provide something. For Derek Carr, and you just take a look at Carr in general, he's been able to do a nice job of being able to lead this Raiders team. He's been sort of a calming influence in what has been a very bad situation. And you take a look at the Philadelphia Eagles, and you take a look at this defense, and it certainly isn't what it once was. This is a bunch that they have given up at least 28 points, and now three out of the last four games that they played now. I will throw this out there as well. I feel like that's a little bit overblown by myself because they did wind up playing in that span the Carolina Panthers, the Buccaneers, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Dallas Cowboys. Best of luck having very good defensive numbers there. And I do think that this is a Raiders team that they are going to be able to do a good job of being able to hold down the Eagles. So I'm going to be looking at another under in this spot. And we've just been seeing it throughout football in general. In college football, the under has been hitting at a rate of about 54.5% the early goings of this season. You take a look at the NFL and the under has been hitting more right around about a 55 to a 55.5% clip. So I do think that that is something that is very real. I do feel like the fans being back in the stands has led to a couple more unders and this is another one that I do like in this spot. So feels like I've been giving out quite a few unders here in the past hour, but this is another one that I certainly do like. I do think that the Raiders provide a lot of value. I feel like they're playing with a lot of good fight right now. I like the way that this offense is operating. And this is a defense in the Raiders that it certainly isn't one of the top ones out there in all of football, but I feel like this is a front seven that is starting to come together and you've been able to get a little bit out of the secondary as well. So that's a little bit of what I like for this NFL Sunday. We've got you covered here on the Vegas Stats and Information Network, the sports betting network all throughout the day. We've got you covered wall to wall with this. Also going to be taking a look at some of the other things that we've got in the sports betting world as well. We've got everything that you need as this has been the Greg Peterson experience right here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network.